Shop. Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast where I, Brian Gray, dive into my guest relationship with their work to learn why they love to do what they do. For my first podcast in 2016, I had a really wonderful conversation with the artistic director of the Magnet Theater in New York City, member of the Magnet resident team Junior Varsity, producer of the monthly all-female improv show We Might Just Kiss, and level one teacher, Megan Gray. When I mentioned to my friend Alex Tracy that I would be in New York for the weekend, he connected me with Megan for the interview. Thanks, Alex. Since then, so many people have told me so many great things about Megan, and I can see why. She is such a positive force for creating the kind of space that I think improv thrives in, and generally, just an awesome person. So here it is, my interview with Megan Gray. So to start, Magnet Theater is known for its uniquely warm and welcoming atmosphere in the New York improv scene. Um, can you tell me a bit about what, uh, if you pardon the pun, I, I had to first attracted you to the Magnet? <laughs> I think that's why they're right. Well, attracted, yeah. I think that was why they picked that name. Uh, well, actually, I've been at Magnet since the very beginning. Uh, I was studying with Armando Diaz even before he started the Magnet. Yeah. So he had he had just broken off from the pit and so he was teaching classes independently and it was called the Armando Diaz Studios nice. uh, and he was selling classes he was doing classes for like really inexpensive in like studios around the city so a couple of people from my um, I started at UCB because back then it was the only place you could start right. so about 13 years ago so uh, <laughs> there's a show going on next door uh, <laughs> Wow. Uh, so, uh, so Armando had uh, broken off from the pit, and so one guy in our class was like, "Hey, I heard of this guy Armando. He, it's really cheap. We've got nothing to lose." And everybody was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So we started studying with Armando, and then basically loved studying with Armando so much and felt so good about it that we kind of just were studying exclusively with Armando and then he's like oh I'm sure I'm opening a theater and so we're like oh that's great so we signed so we basically were already with Armando um and I say we and there's um uh, uh my boyfriend uh Louis Kornfeld who's also a teacher here uh and uh, uh John Bander who's also like a teacher performer director so there's like a lot of people who have are still from those early days even yeah. before Magnet started that are still here 13 years later. So was there or something... 12, 11. We just turned 11. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Yes, thank uh, you. Is there something you weren't getting at UCB or were you just like through yes. the program at that point? No, well, back then there was four levels. Yeah. So it was really easy to go through and you really didn't need instructor approval to go through anything. But at the time, what and, and I haven't taken classes there in a few years, but like at the time... We were getting, you would do one Herald and then you'd get a lot of notes on that Herald. Mm. And I think we felt like, and I, you know, and I had really wonderful teachers, but like, this was my third class ever in improv. So I got really in my head. I feel like I didn't know like what my voice was or like, why am I doing this? Am I funny? And I had no idea. So like, I felt really unsure about myself. And so then I started singing with Armando. His feedback was so positive and he told, he would stop, he would do side coaching where you felt like, oh, he's helping me and I'm making better choices. He's not telling me, do this. He's like, maybe try this. And then you do it and you felt so good about it. And I remember he was the first person I heard talk, I heard talk about status, like giving your character status or like just matching someone or he was putting it in words that were so succinct that I felt like, oh, I get it. And, and I think the teachers I had at UCB who were amazing, wonderful instructors, I don't think I was ready for that at the time. And yeah. I think Armando really said it in a way that I understood it and I felt like I was still a good person <laughs> and I'm like that like I could do this or like if it seemed tangible and even when he gave you notes you still felt like oh this is stuff I can work on it's not like I'm horrible yeah. and, and not that not that that's what the teachers that used to be were saying but it was I guess I just really I dug the way Armando worded did things. It, did it so at the time, did you know that comedy was like what you wanted to do for a career? No, no. My, I, I think, well, I started when I was in college. I was a senior in college. So I kind of like didn't even really, I was in school for screenwriting. So I really only started doing improv because I heard that it's good for writers to do improv, to brainstorm. So, um, so I started that and then I was 
I was a production assistant. Oh, people are warming up next door. That's what that noise is. They'll yeah, be, they'll there'll be a, a bit of this. Yes, uh, we're in a busy training center. But uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, <laughs> what am I talking about? Uh, you were a production assistant. You oh, were yeah. trying to find your oh, way to... I, I was sort of like, I, I wanted to be a, a TV writer or like a yeah. producer or something because um, I was working at MTV for a while and then Comedy Central. And so basically I started doing improv like once a week and then we were taking two classes a week and then it was like we had a practice group and then kind of five years in Armando asked if I wanted to be a teacher and mm-hmm. I was like yeah I would love that and so then I started teaching more classes I was performing every week about I think I was perf- uh, maybe four years in I started performing every week with a team um, that because that's when Magnet started and they needed teams so yeah. basically almost everybody if you were there, you got to be on a team, which was nice. So it sort of happened that then it was like every day was improv. And then when I was doing about eight years, Armando said, do you want to be artistic director of the Magnet? I was like, okay. So that's when it kind of became like, oh, I kind of forgot that I used to want to be a writer. I was like, oh, I'm performing and teaching and doing improv every day of the week. So it became, it became everything. Uh, you mentioned when you first came over to study with Armando that um, he was making you feel like this was a thing you could do. Yeah. Uh, two of your fellow performers described uh, what I am calling your self-confidence journey. Uh-huh. Uh, so Jamie Rivera, who performs on Junior Varsity, said he was pretty sure you wouldn't look people in the eyes your first year on the team. And you mentioned Lewis Cornfield, your your uh, partner in Megaloo. And yes. Life uh, described this click moment when you suddenly became fearless and just eliminated any doubt and never looked back. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about your relationship with self confidence. Yes, uh, I was very uh, nervous. Uh, I think, yeah, like eye contact was hard for me. Uh, I think sometimes it still is. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, or like sometimes when I'm thinking, I just like don't make eye contact because I'm thinking. And then, yeah. of course, you realize in improv that's you have to look at your partner. Uh, but I was really, I think I was still in that mode of am I good enough? And I think the time that I started getting they clicked for me was when I was on my team junior university when I didn't have the crutch of uh, uh, Lewis or people that I had been with since the beginning so I finally was on a team of people that I've never played with before who don't know me they have no preconceived notions of me and so then when they started finding me funny I was like oh these are people that don't even know me and I'm doing things and so I kind of started getting confident in the acceptance of peers and people who I thought were really funny. Like Jamie, I remember he used to be on a, a UCB Herald team when I was a student. And I remember like, like, oh my gosh, he's so funny. And then we were on a team together. And so I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And then we were getting coached by um, Kevin Craig, who was someone who I also really admired when he was on a UCB Herald team. So people found they're like oh we're like oh yeah we like you so <laughs> not that they say it that way but uh yeah. it's sort of like this acceptance of just like a different crowd and I was like oh I started getting confidence in myself and not relying on people that have known me for the past you know five years I, I find that still challenging I mean for me and, and others where like even when people say that like oh you're funny you should be here to really accept that that's true mm-hmm. uh, for someone who like I also did not come from a comedy background to say like like oh like I am a funny person like did, is, was that all that click was for you was having new people I mean that's what you're saying yeah or was it, there something else that had led to your just acceptance of that information yeah I, I think it was also just not being um, afraid of doing it wrong yeah because uh, uh, I think so often in my in my per, in my life up until I started doing improv was doing things the correct way doing it perfect like getting getting it right and then it took many years of unscrewing those <laughs> improv, like those screws in your body that tighten you up like unscrewing them and being like oh it doesn't matter if you get it right and also with the team university a lot of times when you weren't doing it right was when we found the most fun things yeah. and so I think when I kind of owned the form that we do when I found when we found that like oh our shows were getting really good and it was like the my peers were with me and I feel like that all came together at the same time for me 
and then also found um, uh, a groove in teaching as well of like, oh, I, I'm not nervous when my students come to shows <laughs> that like I'm going to be a good example for them and not get in my head that they're here. Yeah. So uh, so I think all of that kind of came together. Also, I was with a duo partner at that time, um, uh, Babsy Singer, and we were a duo called Snake and Bunny, and we went on a whole tour of uh, festivals. We said, if we get into the festival, we're going to go no matter what. So we went to like LA, Austin, Toronto, uh, Hawaii. We went to all these festivals, and we had some really, I think, some of my best shows ever. So I think... The Snake and Bunny, that duo, along with Junior Varsity, and finding like a groove in teaching, I was in, I suddenly felt like, oh, I also took a class with Christina Gaussis, where I also, it was just like a perfect trifecta of thing, uh, not not even trifecta, that's, I said more than three things, but <laughs> whatever it is, it was perfect a perfect storm. storm. <laughs> yes, it was a storm of, like, things were just clicking. It was like, I think over probably like a year of things all happening at the same time that gave me the confidence I needed to, you know, just not give a shit about what I yeah. was doing. That is important. Like, I hate to get harp on it, but I feel like getting, like, I feel like even getting to that point where you are willing to try things that might fail when you, f- you feel that feeling, like you're afraid of doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm hearing now, like, yeah, you were doing all these things. You almost like didn't have time to be afraid to do it wrong. Yeah. I feel like getting people to that point is a real challenge. It is, and I encourage people as much as possible, if you can go to a festival, I think that's really, and I go to so many festivals, I think that also, uh, at university, we also started going to festivals, and I think performing in front of people, you have no idea who they are, where yeah. they came from, what, how do they perceive improv, comedy, what have they been exposed to, and if you can make a crowd of strangers laugh, there's nothing, it feels so good, and I remember Babs and I once we went to Gainesville, Florida and they did had a festival there which was wonderful uh, and it was a bunch of college kids 200 college kids and I think I was in my 20s and I felt really old but like, it was like a room full of college kids who just non-stop laughing at everything we did and we felt like we were going to be like Outdated. We didn't know the re- like the references. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, I'm so much older now. But it was just like this great feeling of like, oh, we made this like room full of 200 college kids laugh from nonstop. These like two girls on stage. Um, and so it was like it felt just like really good yeah. to do that. And it felt really it, that uh, every time ki- uh, making a bunch of strangers laugh in another city just kind of like amped up my like, yeah, this. I got this. <laughs> uh, you also teach level one at the Magnet, among other things. Yes. Do you do you feel like you're able to, like hearing you talk about this experience that you went through with your with your confidence and also like I'm no longer willing to fail. I feel like that's also a really hard thing to communicate early on in in improv yes. classes when we have like all these basics to get through. So do you feel like it's a process of like kind of learning the basics and then maybe unlearning and being afraid, not afraid to do those things wrong? Or is there an approach that you've developed here that kind of gets you to that sweet spot quicker? Yeah, what we do a lot is a lot of positive reinforcement in that we maybe won't give you all the negative notes, but we will say like, hey, that thing is real good. Mm-hmm. Like we'll get, we'll point out all the positives and then people start seeing like, oh, this thing I've been doing isn't working. I'm going to try this. So they kind of, in their own right, find, oh, if I do that thing that she said is good, that's better than this thing I'm doing that's not getting the laugh. So we do a lot of positive reinforcement, especially in level one. Uh, And I always tell my students, like, the audience doesn't know your form. They don't know (laughs) if you're going to fuck up. But, like, if you're making them laugh, you're interesting, you're listening to each other, that's the best thing. And also, this is class. If it doesn't work, I'll tell you, and we'll move on. <laughs> like, it's like, that's the worst that's going to happen. Right. It's, there's no one's going to yell at you. <laughs> if anything, I will, I'm never, like, I'm never going to yell at you. I'll say, like, maybe try this or maybe do this. And then the worst is that, like, you learn from it. It's a teachable moment, and you go from there. And I feel like that's something a lot of us uh, that it's a lot of in the magnet spirit is like a very warm welcoming inclusive that we don't tell you this is how you improvise we say this is probably what would work best for you as an individual and as a yeah. person rather than like 
this is our square peg fit into it. We kind of fit the pe- fit the hole for the peg. Yeah, I'm interested in what that that looks like. Uh, so it still kind of feels like notes. I'm thinking in my mind maybe I can just have you when we discuss our scene. I'll maybe <laughs> just give have you give me notes, which will be awkward for you, but I'll I'll enjoy it more so I can get an example of how that works in practice. Right. <laughs> it's interesting. It sounds lovely. Um, yeah, it's just like I know when like. If I'm going to class, I want to have a lot of fun. So I try to kind of create a little bit of a party vibe to my class of like, we're going to have fun, we're going to laugh. Um, And even if something doesn't work, I'll make a joke out of it and I'll make you you all laugh. And then as soon as they're (laughs) laughing, then I'm like, okay, great. And next scene. So they don't even think that, oh, I gave a note. Like, I'll give the note, I'll make them laugh, and then we'll go to the next. And I'll go, great, and next. (laughs) Like, uh, stuff like that. So they never feel like bad about themselves. Um, just to make sure I hit on more of your own experience, uh, an interview for the Boston Comedy Arts Festival, mm-hmm. your time at festivals, you said your favorite moments on stage are when you feel fully present and connected with your partner, and each moment feels like a true discovery. Uh, what do you do practically to get yourself into that space more often than not? If, if there's yeah, I try, yeah, I try to not I plan. Because um, once you start planning, you're not listening. And I think just really, you have to sometimes remind yourself, like, listen, be mindful in this moment. Like, sometimes it's just really important. Like, I'm going to blank slate my brain right now. I remember there was one scene, I remember being on stage, and uh, I remember I was like, wow, I'm really improvising right now. I have no idea what I'm going to say. I'm going off of what you're saying. I'm not, so that's always... Um, that's still something that I try to do is like, oh, right, uh, you have to remember to go off of what they say because that's true improvisation. <laughs> that lets the audience know that you're improvising is that like you listen to what they say and you use what they say into your response and you filter it through your own point of view. So some, it's, it's kind of just reminding yourself to be mindful. Yeah. So can you talk me through like the top of a scene? So if you come out... Uh, I, I know like Megaloo doesn't take a suggestion, I think, but some of you we, presumably we do. do. Okay. We get a location usually. Okay. So you, you get a location. What is the process then? Like what is happening for you where you right. when you do that? If I get, and I'll walk through the different suggestions that, I, that we usually get yeah. uh, for different things. Uh, for Junior Varsity, we get anything at all. So once we get that word, uh, yesterday it was Shakespeare. So... Uh, but we do like a really fast thing. We do we use a lot of different things. So um, so my first thought is Romeo and Juliet. So then I was like, because it's the most famous. It's also dynamic. It's about a relationship, and it's also something where we're not going to be fighting. Because if it's Romeo and Juliet, they're going to be together. So in my brain, um, the, for my first thought is like, what's this most famous play that I can show that everybody knows? It's Romeo and Juliet. So then I'm like, I'm going to be Juliet. He's going to be Romeo. He's going to come, and then I'm, but I'm also not. Not gonna say Romeo and Juliet. I'm just gonna make it a nebulous. Our families are fighting scene because I don't want to get too close, and I also want to open us up for other beats. So that's my thoughts. I'm gonna keep it nebulous. Our families are fighting. Where's the most active place? The bedroom. So like he came into my room, and I'm like, no, you can't be here. And this was Jamie and I did this scene. <laughs> but uh, so basically, I sort of was just like, no, you. And I also try to put it into my body. I try to make it so a lot of. University, a lot of it is non-physical or like people kind of we're a lot of we sometimes talk too much so I try to make it active I'm just like take it into my body I maybe put my my hand to my forehead and then I was like oh no you have to get out of here if anyone found you here in my room and Jamie was like wow what a room and he basically loved the room so much and was like can I lie on your bed and I was like of course but if anyone were to find you and then I keep I kind of started monologuing and then realized he's fallen asleep on my bed and so it was like he was basically Romeo had broken in but he just like wanted to get a good night's sleep (laughs) so I was like no and anyway so that's sort of where the scene went it actually it was very successful but um but I can't really plan what he's gonna say so I I have to plan how I so then I can't so then it became like a little bit of like a I'm just over here, ready to be kissed. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the thread count on these sheets? <laughs> so it became this back and forth scene. So, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, 
What's the first thing? And then also, how can I make it active? How can I make it about a relationship? How can I make it where we're not fighting? How can I make it heightened in an emotional way? So when I get anything at all, that's sort of my process, is like locations, relationships, and also like how can I just make this not fighting two people talking about something that's outside of them. Uh, and then when I get a location, I try to think of the most active thing. Uh, so Lewis and I did a show like, a little bit ago, but the suggestion was um, clinic. And so it was like a free clinic. That was the suggestion. And I was like, uh, I don't want to be a sick person. I don't want to be gross. But I wanted to do the waiting room, so I'm going to be a receptionist that's... And I was like, okay, I'm a receptionist. And then in my brain, I start going to my desk, I start being a receptionist, and then I think about what can I invite him to be? Uh, because Lewis relies on me to set that up. Because uh, he knows I have it. He knows in my brain this is in a few seconds of me thinking. So I'm like, okay, free clinic, I'm a receptionist. Why would I... I don't want to talk to a patient. I'm gonna. I'm pregnant. I'm training him to do my job. Mm-hmm. That and so that's what the scene was about. So, um, so it was. Be, so I was like, why would I train him? Why did I have to leave? Because I'm pregnant. So like, I keep the pregnant thing in my back pocket until I need to rely on it to explain that that's anyway. So that's where my brain goes in location stuff. Oh, last the recent one we just did was baseball bullpen which we don't know anything about baseball. Lewis or I. So, and I think the audience knew that. <laughs> so baseball bullpen, and I was like, I don't want to be a player because I don't want to talk about current things. So I'm going to be an old-timey player. I'm gonna, so I'm going to be fat, and I'm going to sit here, and maybe my grandkid's going to come to the game. I'm going to talk about my grandkids because I can't really talk so much about the game baseball, but I can talk about how much I love it and how much my grandson will love it. Yeah. So that's what the scene was about. So then in my brain, I start ticking off boxes of things that I would find fun to do. That's great. I mean, it, so it's interesting to me because that all sounds... It sounds really wonderful. I'm trying to marry in my head, like, so I love this idea that that you're, that you, first you're like, kind of keep things blank, and I can be in this space of discovery, um, but you have this really powerful mechanism to, like, in a really quick span of time, think through, like, what's going to make it fun for you, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Yeah. Uh, but it does seem like you... It's like you plan a lot, but maybe give yourself space to yeah. move away from that, like in the Jamie scene. Yeah. Because he was not playing your game. <laughs> yes. And I kind of like, even though we've been playing together for like nine years, I still, he still surprises me. Like that's something I never would have expected, but I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. So like just treating it like, oh, this is an awesome gift to the scene. Um, so he's not, so now I shift a little and I'm like, oh, my job is not that I'm keeping the, I'm not keeping family members out. I'm trying to get him interested in me, <laughs> like, yeah. in this relationship. So um, so I don't have to, uh, so for me, it's not much of an adjustment to change. And he recognizes that too. He knows that that's gonna be fun. So like the same thing, um, I think like if I was gonna play with Lewis is that like, it, even if he was like a newer player, sort of talking about the game a bit, like you, I could still stay that old guy talking, like giving advice. and. So I basically, yeah, so I try to map out as much as I can for myself and then give them room to be like, this is who you are, and then you can make whatever decision you want. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's great. Um, I'm going to transition a little bit. Sure. Uh, and acknowledging that I am a man and an <laughs> improviser, talk a little bit, because you've done, um, you've been involved with a number of projects in the Magnet that focus on improv with only women. Yes. Uh, so you teach an improv class that's all women. Uh, Human Pyramid, We Might Just Kiss. Uh, people can look those up. They're super cool shows mm-hmm. that you do, or you can talk a bit about them. Oh, but yeah. in an interview with Joel Eichmann of Femprovisor.com, you described something special about getting on stage with all ladies. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you can dig into that a bit uh, and talk about how improv changes for you when you're only performing with women. Yeah, when and, and I talk about this in my um, in my lady. It's called Lady Party, my class. Um, and I use lady because I feel like it's a little antiquated. So as I feel like I hate like gals, girls, uh, <laughs> but I feel like lady is like it's it sort of harkens back to another time, which I feel is is funny um, to use that as a lady, um, even though I'm not a lady. Uh, so uh, I feel like we talk, we've talk. we talked about this, that like when a woman, when we enter a scene, we're pretty gender neutral, we're blank. I don't come in as a woman sometimes, I just come in as a person. Whereas, I and I've talked 
to Lewis about this, he'll come in as a man first and then decide. Mm. So I feel when I'm playing with all women, uh, we gender fluidity is much more common. And I feel like we can push ourselves farther. So if I was in a scene with another woman and it became like a sexual relationship, it feels a lot less uncomfortable. And I feel like we can touch each other in a way, not in like a gross way, but like an, it could be in an intimate way that's a lot different than if I was with a man. I would make it a lot more stylized if I was with a man. I would not probably touch them in the same way that I would, I feel the freedom to touch another woman. And it's like, I don't know, there's some sort of just uh, uh, agreement with all women on stage of just, I'm not, you can be whatever you want to be. And just like you let, and I feel like we also can recognize when we're playing a man a lot quicker and we don't mess up the gender pronouns as much. A lot of times I'll play a man and then someone would be like, well, she, even though he knew I was playing a man, even though he recognized me as a man, just slipped out that she, which is like, oh yeah, you knew it up until like you kind of, your brain slipped out. And I feel like that is maturity happens with men, male improvisers on stage. Um, so I feel like there's a freedom and we push each other farther when there's women, more women on stage. We're also a little bit more polite sometimes or polite for each other's ideas or we'll jump in there quickly to support each other's ideas, sometimes in a way that um, I just feel it more when there's all women there. Yeah. Not that I don't feel that with the male improvisers on my team. They'll jump in as well. But I feel like somehow there's some sort of a, a freedom or I'm not as self-conscious when I'm with all women. Also, when you're a woman on stage with like six men, you very much feel sometimes that I'm the woman on stage or eyes are going to go to the other uh, to use the Simone de Beauvoir. <laughs> of, uh, the, like, the, the other is like the one thing that'll stick out. That's what the audience's eye is drawn to. So sometimes you feel it. Or sometimes I know that if there's they're talking about women's issues in a scene to men, so I know sometimes people in the audience are looking at me to see how I'll react. Or, hey, they just said bitch. They'll look at Megan to see how she's going to react to that. Because I hate, I hate when that word is thrown around. So I feel sometimes a little bit, whereas if I was with all women, I feel like no one's eyes going to be drawn right to me. Do you feel, so I, I feel also that, um, that sometimes, so you were mentioning like this other issue where I feel like sometimes if you, um, uh, when saying that, that there's this mantle to like be, uh, defining how women mm -hmm. are in comedy is, is that, I mean, in a way, being on an all-female team probably brings that as well, because it's bringing attention. Like, do you feel that less or more? I'm thinking in real time. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, um, if, if, or maybe you just don't care how I, people view it. I yeah. Guess. Well, it's it's a couple of things. Um, I feel like when I do my show, We Might Just Kiss, that's a show that is women of all different levels and all different experiences. So for that, I don't really think of women in comedy. I'm trying to make the best experience for those students. So those female students that have just finished level one, I want to make it an amazing experience for them. So in that, I'm not so much thinking of the audience, I'm thinking about them. And I really want to take care of them and make them feel like they want to continue doing improv for the rest of their lives. So that's different. Um, uh, if I'm playing, I, I have a show called The Cast, which is another all-female cast. Uh, it's called The Cast, and we're all ladies. Uh, but I, that's when I actually forget that we are all women, um, which is great. And uh, I feel that is where I want to be, where I forget that we're all women on stage. I think it's because we tackle genres and we do, it's very theatrical. So we're constantly putting other things on. So I think I forget that we're all women. And I, uh, sometimes when you travel to festivals, I think that's when you feel like when you're not in New York of, a, of they look at the roster and they're like, oh, an all female group. Okay, let's see what this is about. I, I feel the most when I travel, not really at Magnet because I feel that uh, we have, and even in New York, I, I feel like 
gender isn't so much as big a deal as it was in New York. And I yeah. feel like there's so many female improviser groups, which is wonderful. So I, I feel like when I travel, that's when it becomes more of an issue. Do, uh, do you find that you have ways to bring those those qualities of like the way that you play uh, back to the mixed gender teams you play on? Yeah, I definitely do. I, I, um, I think it's also because I've been with Junior Varsity for nine years. I make men on the team women all the time. Yeah. So that, and they will make me a man. Like even if pronouns slip up, we still do that a lot to each other. And I think that we, um, we have fun doing that. So I, I feel like I try to do that. I, I try to like, if I'm going to be a man, I'm going to be really specific and like, I'm, this is who I'm playing right now. Uh, so I'll try to be like really clear and communicate that. Uh, so I do, I do try to do, bring that and try to bring a gender fluidity and try to um, just mix up, you know, and also mix up different kind of relationships that we don't have to be man, woman relationships. Right. We, we recently had a town hall about uh, LGBTQ issues, uh, and I, and I even they were like, yeah, I don't know why, like, and and they're in the LGBTQ community, and they're like, yeah, I don't know why we still do like men women, and so I think there's definitely a conscious effort to not do those so much, and like yeah. that's not how we have to communicate that we're in a relationship, yeah. which I think is. I think thinking about that's really cool and interesting, and uh, we, I think we're trying to do that more. It is really cool, yeah. We, uh, I'm forming that thought in my brain, but uh, one one thing I do want to talk about as well is: uh, Do you find on the all all female teams versus mixed gender teams that kind of off stage behaviors change too? So like warm ups, notes, conversations about scenes. Yeah, I feel that women are a lot nicer. <laughs> Uh, a lot more like uh, they'll uh, a little bit more like oh that thing you did was great like there'll be a lot more giving with compliments and um, maybe there might be a little bit more chit chat like about <laughs> other things like okay well we gotta like because um, we'll find so much to talk about <laughs> yeah um, so I feel in the notes section it's a little bit more um, uh, I don't want just chatty, I guess. Like we'll we'll talk a lot more. We'll maybe communicate a little bit more. In mixed gender teams, sometimes it's a little bit. I don't. Sometimes I don't feel as open to be like, hey, what? I was a little confused by that move, or like I was like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm giving the note. Yeah. And I feel I don't want to come off as bossy. <laughs> Which is bad, but I don't want to come off as that, like, I'm being the teacher now, or I'm being, like... And that can sometimes, and I know bossy is something we never say to men, usually. <laughs> but and that's, like, I mean, that's seen in Facebook, bossy pants, but, like, I feel like I don't want to come off as being the, um, like, I'm being bossy. So I'll, I'll maybe hold back a little bit sometimes. In notes, yeah. Uh, and for... And I feel like, yeah, pre-show, pre uh, I feel like my team is a lot more jokey about, my mixed gender team is more jokey about like shows we've watched or like what funny things have happened. Whereas I feel like in the cast, in our pre-show, it's a lot more like how our weeks have been, about our lives. Like we'll get really more personal where in ways that sometimes in our mixed gender team, we're like, wait, you have a girlfriend? <laughs> like we didn't even know. It's like, oh, okay. Or just like, wait, he was like, hey, I stopped working at this place. And we were like, where did you work? Like, we didn't even know where our yeah. co-teammate co works. Whereas, like, in my in my all-lady team, we know, like, everything about it. Or, like, oh, my God, you found that flute that you've been missing for five years? Oh, my God, I'm so glad you found it. Like, my things like that. My hope is that uh, improvisers listening to this now all want to be on all-lady teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I take out of this, it's... but I'm probably not the norm. Um, okay, we, it's... For time, here's my new thing sure. to do, is I got some rapid fire questions. Some of these might be uh, not actually quick, but we'll try to do these quickly. Sure. Just knock a few out before the set. Uh, what was the best note you've ever gotten? Oh, uh, don't, don't apologize 
in the moment. Like, don't, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so as I would say something, but, and this was level two, which I really appreciated from um, Seth Morris from UCB, who's like, don't, he, he sometimes, he's like, you put a question at the end, like, you're, like, is this the correct thing to say? Or apologizing in the moment for what I was doing. It's like, just do it. Don't apologize for it. And I, that's always stuck with me. I love it. Yeah. Do you do it now? Do you not apologize? I don't know. No. That's, I'm never like, hard to implement, e- even <laughs> if I'm doing something shitty or I did the wrong thing, I'll be like, well, this is why I did it. And so, you know what? I can't take it back now. This so I'm going to in- interweave it into what I've been doing or say less like, yeah, I'm, uh, and, and I don't want to do like, yeah, I'm drunk. Like, no, that's not, but like, no, it's like, this is, oh, you know what? Uh, I was so blinded by your beauty that I didn't even notice. Like those. Yeah. Uh, related. Uh, we might've covered it, but what mm-hmm. was your last improv epiphany? Oh, uh, I think, it, it re- uh, I don't have to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still kind of being like, oh, right. Yeah. You don't have to do every it's not your job to make sure everything works out uh especially because it feels like that's your job actually yeah (laughs) and a lot of times i know like being artistic director or being like a teacher or something you do and sometimes it's like okay you have to sometimes not have complete control over everything and let let it go control uh if you want to share what was your last life epiphany Oh, uh, I think being happy for me and not what I perceived that, uh, you know, sometimes you're like, do I want to do that thing? Do I want to, it's like, oh, this goal that I've been reaching towards, is that really what I wanted or what I want to do? Or was that like what I perceived was the right thing or what sounded cool to others or what it's that my mother wants to tell people I do? <laughs> uh, or that like the dream that she dreams for me. Uh, but I think it's like, oh, but am I happy? Do I, yeah, I yeah, am. But do I do, like that success is maybe not the success that I had envisioned for myself when I first started. That is hard that to get sense. to. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And I think I'm still getting a grasp on it, but I think yeah. it's something that I'm still, I'm still thinking about and going towards. Uh, what does every improv scene need? It needs heart I think even if you're fighting, I think if you still care about each other in the scene, then, and we care, and like you care about each other, I feel that a scene can't go wrong if you're caring and also listening. Listening and caring and being mindful about each other. I feel like that is the key to anything. Uh, when was the last time you surprised yourself on stage? Oh, there was, oh. Yeah, oh, uh, the suggestion was fledgling, and I and I was the third beat, and I was like, okay, this person did this, this person, how do I approach this scene differently? And I was like, okay, and I just started walking to the, I always try to walk down stage as far down as I can, because that's the most space it gives me to think. Yeah. So from the back line downstage, it's the most that's amount of great. time. So, and it also looks like I have an idea. So I started <laughs> like, started like walking, cause I was like fledgling, oh, I'm young. And so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna be a young person. And that was all I had. So I started walking and then as soon as someone, and it was Jamie again, as soon as he came out and I was like, hey, Whoa, college orientation, the big time, man. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think college, I had nothing about college freshman in my brain until I opened my mouth and I was like, fledgling, of course, orientation, college. That's a great (laughs) opening line. Okay, great. And I didn't think about it until that moment. Uh, for those at home, I wish you can see the walk that is <laughs> doing right now. They're like, mostly just arms. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like, the, that's my power move is like, yeah, yeah. I'm a young person. <laughs> uh, I think two more. Um, sure. For time. What, what are you most proud of at the magnet, about the magnet? I think I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done for women in the community. Uh, That's just one thing. Um, We also do something called Lady Sketch Lab, which is where we, it's an open call. Anyone in the community, you don't even have to take classes at Magnet. We meet for six weeks 
three hours on a Saturday for six weeks. It's free. And basically, um, that's with Amanda Zeller. She's uh, the executive producer on it. Um, and we've done it for, I think, four or five years. Uh, we basically put on a, sh- a sketch show and it's 50 women written by women directed by women starring women and it's 50 women and we put on a show we do it three times it's free um for anyone and so i'm really proud every time we do it oh my god we incorporated so many people in the community and we brought all these people to get all these women together and we put on this amazing show that sold out three times yeah. so i am very proud of that i'm really proud of the town halls that we have um the communication that we have with people that people can feel like they can come to us with ideas and, and concerns uh, we're starting a diversity scholarship which I know other theaters do but I'm very excited that we're doing it uh, we're also um, I really this year I really want to do a, a diversity sketch lab the same way that we do um, for ladies I want to do it for diversity uh, so those are some programs I'm really I'm, I'm really proud of that we have oh we also do like lady brunches we do um, uh, there's a lot of different programs that we do that I'm, I'm really excited about we have the podcast that started that was a really great thing yeah I saw some uh, episodes of uh I, as you're talking, so I'm trying to form this thought in a way that is, um, I'm not going to have to edit out for sake of embarrassment, uh, but, um, uh, like I, so the idea of like Lady Sketch Lab, 50 women directed by women and all that, it sounds so powerful to me. I'm also interested selfishly in the idea, like, like I read, uh, uh I'm trying, I try to do better in my own work at understanding like how to, um, not be sexist in life on stage uh, okay. and, and like like it, and so forth so like this idea so I'm, and I'm taking sketch classes and like okay. thinking about you know writing uh, better female characters and whatnot so like like it is uh, that on its own needs to be there mm-hmm. but also like is 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 there a good way or are you working at having conversations with men as well uh, about like how do we write sketch how do we do improv that is supportive of the women who are growing and becoming stronger with the work we do in mixed gender teams. Yeah. Outside of rapid fire. Oh my gosh, yeah. But uh, no, I think all of our teachers are very aware of that. And Mm -hmm. we start that uh, from level one, day one. We are all very aware of it. So I know on a teacher's level, we are always on alert about those things and always trying. And we have a great system of if you feel uncomfortable, tell the teacher. The uh, school director will get involved. If need be, we'll nip it in the bud right away if you feel uncomfortable about anything. in terms of uh, a sketch and improv, uh, uh, I think the next steps that we're going towards are getting more female directors of our sketch teams. Because we have female directors that do for sketch, but the process of like who is um, our sketch teams, it's a little bit of a higher level. So training those female directors, we're in the process of getting more female directors because they're the ones who are doing the sketch teams to what you see on the stage. And I know that that is something we have two right now, but I think having more of a female voice in the writer's room is fairly important. And we are definitely very aware of that. And the um, the director of our sketch teams is a, a female. Uh, and so we're all very aware of that. And I think that's something that we're trying to go towards. Yeah. Awesome. From from like the ground level because to have those people in places that they can do something you have to train those people and keep them going and keep them wanting to go through the levels so I think starting on the ground floor and then working your way up is probably the best way um, uh, uh, to kind of breed that um, sort of just a, a gender neutral sort of thinking in casting yeah. on stage. Uh, I will ask you my last rapid fire sure. question. I'll just uh, sketch. So the, or I mean, <laughs> so the flip side. What what surprised you most about the AD job, or like when you came to this level at the Magnet that you <sighs> didn't expect? It's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, what I've learned is you have to some you have to be very political mm. in a way that. You have to keep people encouraged, but you also have to give feedback. And knowing when to give feedback, knowing when not to give feedback, or giving a positive note, or knowing to pick your battles. <laughs> uh, of knowing, like, you can't snap at someone. You can't 
tell like you have to be very like great thank you for your feedback i really appreciate it thank you for your patience um stuff like that uh you really have it, it is a 24 7 job uh people like don't seem to realize sometimes that oh i've emailed you at three in the morning or <laughs> that uh you kind of have to be at shows almost all the time and yeah getting them taped if you can't watch them and it's it's a huge job and also I have to do other freelance jobs to pay to compensate uh-huh. so um, so it's a really full-time job I, I think basically just being like really political and trying to stay true to what you think is funny and good for the theater oh, oh this actually this is something I was thinking about the other day is not every day not every day is a good idea <laughs> No matter yeah. what, like if this person feels really strongly, it's like, sorry, this isn't a good idea. You can try it somewhere else, but like, I don't think this is going to be interesting to people. It, it is interesting. I feel like one thing that's hard about improv theaters is that like in, in startups and in business, they have this thing that says like, you know, the hardest thing about running a successful whatever is saying no to 95% yes. of ideas. Yeah. And again, in improv theaters, we have this thing that's like, yes, and yes, we say yes to life. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm was involved in starting up a comedy festival in Pittsburgh. And I felt like there's a lot of ideas and a lot of actually good ideas. But at the point where like, if we implement every good idea, uh, we, we won't do the, the core things that well. And saying no to improvisers is hard. And I don't want to do it. Uh, yes. But it, it did mean that we were able to like, put up this this kind of anyway I feel that I feel that uh yeah because it's like means. yeah especially when I was first starting I was so open to so many ideas and I was like great we'll try that we'll try that and then it was like after about like two years in I was like oh gosh why did I like why did I even entertain the thought of that so yeah. yeah and then and especially when you first start people are just like inundating you with like dumb yeah, some of them were dumb. <laughs> some of them super dumb, super like stunty, like super gimmicky, and then sort of trusting my own gut of like this is what the magnet philosophy is, and this is what is not going to work, and this is what will work, and encouraging the good, unique things, and sh- kind of you have to say no. Well, I got all the heavy stuff out. <laughs> we're gonna shake that oh off. Oh my god. Location, location, relationship, or word. So you want to just do word? Yeah. Okay, cool. It. And our suggestion is alienated. I just feel like the students don't respect me anymore. I know, Greg. I know. Well, maybe it's what you're wearing. You think so? I mean... My mother bought me this tie. Yeah, I know, but it's just... A lot of the kids don't know anything from 70s television. Ah, uh, but you always look so snappy. I know. I choose my clothes, Greg. How do you do it, Mark? How? <sighs> well, I'm a man who, you know, respects himself. Look at you. When was the last time you got a haircut? I don't know. I always put it on my calendar, but I never remember to go. Oh, does your mother remind you? Does she have to remind you, Greg, about everything? Mark, I'm, a, I'm ashamed that I live with my mother. Uh, I th- and it doesn't help that you bring it up to the children quite often. I talk about it most days. Yeah, that is another, you know, that's a more f- gas for their fire. I see them as my confidants, though. J- Janice, she sits in the third row. She's very... Uh, precocious for a third grader. Yeah, but you gotta remember she is a third grader no matter what kind of advice she tries to give you. You know, you can't stop science to just have a a convo with Janice. Have you asked Janice for advice? I don't think you realize the potential of that girl. (sighs) I'd be lying if I said I haven't confided in Janice. That's what I'm saying. You're right, you're right, yes. I mean, Janice helps me pick out my... Toyota Honda out there. <laughs> that Toyota Honda. It's a hybrid of cars. two cars. Ah, <sighs> I wouldn't have thought it was possible. It was, and Janice and saw the possibilities in the Toyota Honda. I'm telling you, she's a bright one. She is. You know what? We gotta bring Janice into these. We gotta bring her into the next agenda meeting. I think she's got some new ideas. Yeah, yeah, I think that would fly. You know what? I think. 
I think the problem here is that the other kid's got to get on board with Janice. There's, I mean, Janice is the one that's got the eye on the prize here. The other kids... Hey, this, this may sound crazy, but do you think I could stay at Janice's? Well, you got to ask Janice's parents, I'm sure. No, I mean, I mean, would it... I, of course, I would go through the proper channels, but would it look bad, a science teacher staying at his student's house? You know what, Greg, it might. It might look weird. I mean, I'm, I, we don't have any kind of, you know, uh, nothing untoward, of course. Well, of but course. I just, I just, she... Ah, you know, you know what? Ah, Greg, let's... Come stay with me. You mean it? Yeah, you know... I didn't know I, if we were that kind of friend. I know we're not, but you know what? Maybe we can be. I don't want to see you going through... We're the Janice. same shirt size. I've checked your tags. I thought I felt something on my neck. You know what? I'm living by myself. I'm a man who picks out my own clothes. I, I'm i a man who... Hey, hey, I, maybe I could make your life better. I love to vacuum. Oh, you know what? I hate it. Really? Yeah. I never met a dish I didn't want to wash. What? That's another thing I hate. Hey, you know what? And I love shopping. Oh. And you're not used to it. And I've got my own clippers at home. What's the opposite of the odd couple? Like a couple that oh. just gets along real well. Ah. Just like a normal couple. It's a normal couple. But we don't have to, I mean, like friends. Oh, right. Roommates, I guess. They weren't. No, they weren't romantic. They just called the couple. Uh, Like the uncoupling guys. Yeah. We're like the yin-yang couple. Like, whatever I like, you pick it up. And the same, but the reverse. Oh, right. Well, I'm going to tell mother. Would you come over while I tell mother? I'm not a fan of confrontation. Yes, I'm also. Actually, that's where we are the same. Oh. Oh. Maybe. Maybe we get James. We get James. We realized uh, that at the same time. <laughs> uh, that's yes. probably good. Uh, oh, do you want to do one more? Let's do another one. Yeah. Okay. We'll you want to do um, a location? Sure. Museum storage. All right. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. Intense one. Yeah. Uh, museum storage. <sighs> oh, a lot of boxes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess you can, uh, can just look through what you need. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just give me a yell if you. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just, you know, they sent me down here. They just said, you know. See, see what we got down there. See what we got. You know, they they opened up a whole new wing. They got all this room, and they don't know what to put in there. Right. They sent down the mover. I I certainly don't know uh, don't know what's down here. So yeah, uh, yeah. This looks like oh, this looks like in uh, Indiana Jones, right? Right. Like at the end of the first when one. He's running on all the boxes. N- yeah. No. Is it? A uh, no. The the, Isn't the there arc. a part where he's running? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too. I'm thinking of, like, when they put the Ark of the Covenant. And they no, put I, it, I saw them years ago. I just remember the new one oh. with all the aliens. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was, that was great, that all was the good CGI too. aliens. That, those crystal skulls. Uh, I was like, if I thought of aliens, I'd think of crystal skulls, right? Yeah. Yeah. I took my kids. They liked it. Oh, cool, cool. you got kids? Yeah. I got kids. Oh, oh no get, get your wallet out. Get, oh, get it out. Go, get it out. Go, here okay, you go. Here we go. That's Frankie and uh, huh. Basil. Whoa, Basil. Yeah. You don't hear Basil's mu- much no more. My ex-wife named him. She nice. was British. Oh, good, good. She still is British. She's just not my not wife. Not your wife. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got the twins. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, they're, they're so just, tiny. Oh, they're, they're babes. Yeah, yeah, they're babies. You could yeah. hold them in your hands. Oh, and yeah, look in this next one. I am. That was when we were first oh. born. Just one in each hand. That's the golden years. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. You got to savor those. Yeah, there, there's Amy and Teresa. Oh, my just real, gosh. Real salt of the earth names. Yeah, my s- wife isn't. She's American. I'm American, so it was nothing fancy. That's good. That works out nicely. Yeah. You know, you think in the beginning, the different cultures... It's going to make things exciting. Yeah. It just really means we didn't have much to talk about. Oh, yeah, that's... But you know what? With me and my wife, you know, we have, we've kind of ran through all we got to talk about. Really? Yeah, we, like, we've covered everything. Huh. Yeah. Never thought that would be possible. Yeah, luckily we have television, so we hey. watch a lot of that. And always something there to talk about. Oh, yeah, always. It's always on. Yeah. And the girls like it, so... Yeah. 
Did you see that Night at the Museum movie where they get stuck in the museum oh, and yeah. everything comes to life? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when I'm moving some of the art around at night, I think, like, maybe that'll happen. Maybe they'll walk out of a painting. I've slept overnight here, just in Have case. You? Yeah. Oh, anything? It's like, what are the chances? Yeah, anything? No. Oh, okay. Just a lonely yeah. night. Oh. That was when, uh... That oh, was divorce. When, right. Things yeah. were... I didn't have a place to go. Yeah, yeah. Truth. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you always got this art. I mean, sometimes I'm like, even, you know, when when Jenny and I aren't getting along, or anything, we got, oh, we're done with convos, I'm like, I kind of start walking around, and I'm like, oh, dig guy, he gets it. That's a that's a dig guy I'd like to hang out with. I hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I just sit and stare at those water lilies. Oh, yeah. And I think if only I was floating on the surface of a pond. Oh, yeah, The yeah. only thing I would think of is... Isn't I'd have no thoughts. Yeah. I'd be a plant. Like what? What would a plant think of? Oh yeah. I'm alive, but no brain. Oh, uh, what's a Monet on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I think of those kinds of things too. Uh, little puns I can do in my head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, uh, like, uh, oh, I'm just trying to rem. I, I got to talk it through. Talk it through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you got to like ease uh, into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's all, it's not all Ren. No. Hey, why don't, why don't you and Jenny come over? Jenny, you what? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. Why don't you Jenny. come over? You can have dinner. Oh, yeah, sure. She loves, I mean, we don't have a lot of friends. Yeah. So it's mostly family members. And I don't, sometimes I'm like, family ain't friends all the time. So it would be great to go out, get out of the house. Yeah. I mean, uh, ever since I've been doing the single dad thing, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know how to cook much, but I make a meatloaf. Ah. That sounds great. Uh, yeah, just put some sage into some ground beef. Oh, put it yeah, in a pan. yeah. Does, uh, does basil, what, what spices he put in? Oh, basil. Basil. Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know me, I'm a wordplay guy. Oh, that's so, good. That's yeah. good. You're great. Oh, man. Oh, you yeah. gotta come over. Yeah. The kids will love you. Oh, yeah, look. You play bananagrams? Oh, man. I'm always bananagramming. Oh, they, oh. they love to play the, uh, make the words into different words. That sounds like something. I would love to do. Yeah, oh, I'll bring the girls over. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, but I still gotta pick out a Picasso for the new wing. Hey, oh, you go nuts in here. Oh shit, there's a lot. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whew, I didn't graduate college. Me neither. Yeah. Me I know, that's true. But love to cook. <laughs> oh, so many, I could not do one pun. That was the worst. Oh, man, no, I was, did not do that very really well. I was trying to think of, I loved them. I was trying to think of painters. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that was It's great. hard when you got to, like, think about it. I know. I like, well, I wonder if it's sitting. I like those guys. I was also thinking of ways... Uh, in the or like quickly like ways we're on the same page from the beginning. Yes, that's. And that one I was weirdly like my in the I was like for some reason I was like yeah I'm just like like it was not as clearly we were on the same page but we quickly uh, I think you you would you were just like well we got it was something you said that just got us there quickly. Yeah, I was well. My thought was that it's not about the art and it's right. not about yes. it's not about me coming down here and so I was like oh how. A lot of boxes. That makes me think of Indiana Jones. And so I was like, let's talk about movies. Uh, True story. I have seen the original Indiana Jones, but it was so... I haven't seen most of the Indiana Jones. And so I was like, I just got to admit. Because I'm like, why did I say I'd seen Indiana Jones? Yeah, no, no, it's okay. You like, can, like, yeah, like, like, it's been a long time. Yeah. I think I've probably seen them maybe like the past year, but I know that, like that's an iconic shot at the end. I swear there is... I remember no, it was him running over the box. That's there is something. One. There is something where he's like on boxes running through. There, you're correct, I think. Okay. But I was thinking of the last shot. You were thinking shot. of the different, yeah. Yeah, like the last shot where it's just like boxes of stuff and yeah. it's like just so many things. So like, yeah, in that scene, I was like, how are we going to connect? And I was like, oh, movies. Yeah, like movies. And then like, and of course, like when you brought up Crystal Skull, I was like, oh, awesome. Aliens. <laughs> so now we can start talking about our conspiracy theories. We're doubly alienated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and also the last one was about him and his son. And we quickly got into family, which is another good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that I, really felt like it was running there. It was, one thing that was really fun for me, and you sort of mentioned this, is I felt like we were, like, like in a way it was kind of, 
compared to other stuff I've done, like it wasn't as clear. So I'm not, I'm bad at like here's a game I'm just gonna play that oh, yeah. hard. But so it wasn't as clear like this is what the scene is about. But it mm-hmm. was fun for me to just be like, oh, now we're talking about our kid. Like it felt like more natural conversation. Yeah. Uh, just people talk. So we were like onto the family. So I liked when it kind of came back around at the end. Yeah, I knew we'd have to get back to it. So because yeah. like, and I knew like any pot, like we would suddenly get to a pause, and I was like, all right, so I'm gonna. <laughs> Bring up the artwork because, like, yeah, because, like, I was like, what am I doing? And I was like, I'm just a mover. They asked to, like, come down, find some Picassos, bring them up. And so I was like, I don't know anything. So, yeah, I knew I was going to say about my education or something at the end. Yeah. When I like, so the first one we did, we were both two of the same kind of character. And this one. I felt like I was a principal in the first one. Yeah. Uh, Oh, right. With the the teacher. Yeah. And in this one, I felt like I was like, for some reason in my mind, I was like, just like the security guard who let you in. Uh, I, I, well, so we're I was kind think, of different, but like the same kind of person. Yeah, right? I felt in both we kind of, well, in the first one, our voices were a little bit more educated. Yeah. So in the second one, I definitely knew I didn't want us to, be, I didn't want to be like an art person because I wanted to distinguish the voices. So I was like, okay, I'm just like this kind of guy. Um, that's my that's my every man voice. <laughs> uh, and I, oh, in the first scene, I was glad you made me a man because I wasn't thinking I was. So like, I'm really, I love that. Thank you. Um, uh, So, and so in the second one, I was like, okay, we're these kinds of guys. So I was like, uh, okay, who, he's not in charge of anything. He's just a mover to go get stuff. And then I was like, yeah, you're the guy who like signs things out in the the storage area. So I like that too, is that it is just playing like normal guys in the art museum. Uh, Yeah. And the first one too, I felt like there was a point which is like, yeah, I haven't given her a name. uh, But for some reason, it was just weird. So simpatico that I felt like we're just like. Uh, uh, I just, teachers I, talking about yeah yeah I, I, I loved I loved like I felt and I and I didn't get to say it I was gonna say it like at some point is that like you had like egg all over your face or like you had like or like they had spray painted you or like they had done something to you physically that I could see that I just had to keep looking at you and being like oh my god you're so sad um, I felt yeah yeah and this is a guy who does not do his job well. no and right. just like and so that's why I was like, like okay it's what you're wearing and it's like what else can I point out about you that's weird or off or something physical was my one thought and then when you brought the mom that was great and then the kind of discovery of Janice I was like I love precocious kids that get it all yeah. and so I would that's a character I'd love to see later on so, True, so right? for me I was like I'm gonna jump on this Janice thing because I think that's <laughs> fun I think that's and I yeah, also, that was really fun and that like you're right like we're discovering over time these things so that one felt more clear and then we're like we're discovering a lot of things but it was it was all kind of around this it was all out of the seed of this one idea I feel like the first scene went in a in a in a, in a line towards like a, a in, in like a line whereas I feel the second one was more spiral yeah yeah uh, so if you let me put you on the spot and say if you were going to uh, give me like a level one style note or two that felt so I could see what it was like. What would that sound like? Uh, uh, oh my gosh. I would say I would uh, uh, challenge you to maybe play a more high status character or in the second one in that I felt like maybe I, uh, in that I, something I'd love to see you do is to be like the like tough talking guy, like a, like a mm-hmm. guy's guy in the second one in, um, uh, and like I, I would just like love to see you do that sort of just like, like a big high status character that like doesn't take any shit or just like yeah yeah like you can talk about anything and like uh uh just sort of like a, a tough guy in the second one uh, that's awesome i love that both as a note and as an example of like uh yes it's fun you're all smiles and i feel encouraged to yeah do that. and not it's like a, not like i did something wrong yeah because it's also like we already know that you're good at that thing so yeah. it's like oh so let's like challenge yourself to something else because i feel like you did a great job of doing that character in the first beat so in the first scene so i was like oh i like i, I would challenge yourself to do something maybe a little di- like like a, like a total departure in that second thing love it well hey uh but you I'm did but i didn't i i hate giving notes but you did 
but it was great. You it was so much. It was just so what fun. I asked for. It was so fun. Uh, perfect. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this up great. and go run to see a show. Yeah. At your theater. So. Uh, That's right. There's so many shows seven nights a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Before I do, please. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? This will be at least a week. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Well, no. It's just magnetheater.com. I think is is great for all the classes, uh, shows, uh, all of those kinds of wonderful things. Uh, yeah. Just check out magnetheater.com. And if anyone has any questions, uh, Megan at magnetheater.com. M-E-G-A-N. That's also on the website. And there's a lot of questions that are also answered there. But I'm always open to answer any questions by email about anything. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank this you, was super Brian. fun. Thank it was you. great to meet you. Super fun. Our podcast was recorded today in the Magnet Training Center in New York City. Special thanks to the talented Michelle Horsley for our opening theme, Alex Tracy for connecting me with our guest, and of course, Megan Gray. For this and past episodes, head on over to brianmgray.com podcast. And please, if you liked the show, leave a review on iTunes. Have a good night.